Today's talk is interesting, and it definitely, I mean, as we're examples to kids, uh, we just think of how we learn from Jesus and where do we take this. I got to tell you, most of today's message wasn't inspired is an interesting word, but I was driving on Monday morning, and I had NPR News on, and they did a poll. They said, we want you to pay attention this weekend as you go to your spiritual communities, and if they talk about uh, what's been going on in Charlottesville or what, what is this going to come up? Is in how is it addressed, or is it just ignored and is it just passed on? And we want you to call in and tell us what's going on. And man, I I couldn't stop thinking about that. These these not just events, but how we react to events and how what does this have to do with the the, the gospel and how we live this out as followers of Jesus. And so, uh, there's something about challenging cultural norms that I think is a huge part of Jesus. Something we've believed for so long, something we've walked in, something that's even been a tradition and we hold dear. But is it still right? Is there something more? Is there growth? And I think there's something about each and every one of us examining that instead of just holding on to old beliefs and finding some inspiration in scripture, because it's, it's how we raise kids. I remember so much as a kid asking questions, the why phase, when everything becomes a question of why do we do this? Why is this that way? Why are we doing these things? And they're at the beginning of this, the questions of why, your parents seem excited, and after a couple of years, they seem like, oh my goodness, these are never ending, and you question everything. But it really is, is an important aspect of life, and it's something we should continue doing. And when we started Bloom, why each element that we had on a Sunday morning was put into question, why are we doing this? Is it just because someone said to do it? Is it do we have to do it? Is it really in Scripture? Does it, is there a benefit and will it bless us? And we, we looked at every element and to this community. Is it something that's going to be beneficial? Do we, do we want to add that? Or is it just clutter that we've done for so long that maybe it's just getting in the way now? And so everything is looked at with a new lens and a new eye. And it's something that should be encouraged as we keep moving forward to question and to grow and to learn. And it's something that should be modeled for our kids. I want to read from a very tiny uh, book in the Bible this morning, Philemon. It's probably the smallest. I don't know if there's a smaller one. Is there a smaller book than Philemon? I think it's the tiniest there is. It's one chapter. I really encourage you to even go back and read it. There's... 25 verses, so 25 small statements in this letter. And what this letter is, is Paul's writing a letter to Philemon, and really the, the church that meets in his house, but it's, it's to this, this guy that he definitely has a relationship and a friend. And he's going to bring up something awkward. He, Philemon's got a slave who's run away. And has become friends with Paul. And Paul's sending this slave back to Philemon. And he's in love is saying, I want you to embrace this guy as a brother and not as a slave any longer. And he tells him in verse 7 of Philemon, he says, because, um, uh, he says, I'm a bold enough in the anointed that I could just insist that you do this. But instead, I'm going to choose to appeal to you on the account of love. He says, you're out there encouraging and reviving hearts of fellow saints with this love. And so he's like, I'm not going to force you and tell you, slap you across the face and just be like, wake up, idiot. We should do this differently. He's like, I'm encouraging you out of love of Jesus. Is there a different way to look 
at how you've been doing something? Is there a different way to look at this man who's run away, your slave, that you have tons of rights to be able to... Um, I, I don't even know how far it could go. I didn't research that. But this he's got rights to be angry and frustrated and recompense to be made. And he's like, I want you to welcome him back, not even just forgiveness. I want you to welcome him back as a brother, to open arm embrace this guy, to love him, to take him under your wing, to see him as a follower of Jesus. And this is a challenge he gives to this friend. He's not even there. He's writing this from prison himself. He's locked up somewhere, and he gives this challenge. He says, I don't want to make this decision without asking for your permission. This way, any goodwill on your part wouldn't be seen as force, but as true and free desire. It would be a reflection of the heart of Jesus on the inside of him. The gospel is powerful when it comes to social change. Social change being like these systems and things that have been locked in for so long to how we just do things. And it can be as horrible as uh, slavery like he's writing to Philemon or it can be something simple that we just don't pay attention to that just has drifted into our lives and well we're Americans we do it this way and yes but we're also followers of Jesus and so the challenge in love is where is our thinking maybe need some growth maybe need some expansion where does Jesus need to challenge us he says in verse 17 of Philemon if you look upon me as your partner in this mission I ask you to open your heart to him as you would welcome me and if he's wrong you or owes you anything Paul tells him, charge it to me. I'll take care of anything that happens on there. So we see this amazing demonstration of something different going on. And I think church, this NPR really, I'm thinking church is a place. These gatherings, we should challenge each other to grow. We should talk about things that are going on. People are making mistakes around us that we put our trust in and that are um, running things and do we just follow along, or do we, do we learn from these things? Do we challenge ourselves? Do we take it somewhere else? Do we decide that we're not just going to hold on to certain values or ideas we had because we thought they were good, and we're just going to keep them going forever? Do we think that Jesus is allowed into our lives to challenge us to something more? Ephesians 4 is an amazing chapter. It's this putting on something new from this example from Jesus. And the notes, the verses on there. Um, in verse 17, this isn't on your notes, but he says, As a witness of the Lord, I, ins I insist that you no longer walk in the ways of the outsiders with minds devoted to worthless pursuits, blind to true understanding. They're strangers and aliens to the life of God that he has for them because they live in ignorance. And their hearts are cold stones. They've, there's not this openness, this rigid, stony heart that thinks it understands everything, that has its way set. In verse 20, he says, but this is not the path of the anointed one or any of us that are following him on this path. If you've heard Jesus and have been taught by him according to the truth that's in him, then you know to take off your former way of life. It says your crumpled old self, like a dirty t-shirt. This You've loved it. It's been amazing. For some reason, it still smells like your childhood home. I don't know how it still does that, but it's it doesn't fit any longer. Uh, it's, it's, it's no longer what's for you. It says, and take on a fresh, or take a fresh breath and let God renew your attitude and spirit. Other translations even say your mind. So take off something old and let God renew us to something new. Let his spirit change the inside of us to something greater and deeper. 
And then we're ready to put on a new self, modeled after the very likeness of God, truthful, righteous, holy. If we look at Isaiah, he says, my intentions are not the same as yours. I don't do things the same way you do. It's, it's realizing that there are certain things that we've just been holding on to. We've been wearing. We've been having these mindsets. And is there something fresh and new that we can get from God? If there's one thing, I think, to learn this week is not to look at something that we see as atrocious and say, oh, my goodness, this is obviously not what I believe. This is atrocious. It's seeing how many people are stuck in, in worthless pursuits and old thinking. You'd be like, where am I thinking old? Where am I still have that crumpled shirt on, that idea that doesn't belong anymore, that needs to be opened up through the love of Jesus to accept more, to love more, to have something bigger going on? Because it's so easy to point the finger at someone else and be like, this is ridiculous and wrong. And yes, it's not saying we shouldn't do that, but doesn't the greater love, the follower of Jesus, also look at our own life to find that empathy to be like, this is a human condition that is so easily fallen into. Where am, I, where am I falling into this? If Matt's having trouble with addiction, I shouldn't just go up to Matt and be like, you, you're obviously addicted, you just need to stop. The loving person is going to relate and be like, I too am either addicted to this and find myself falling away from it, or once was addicted and have found some growth from Christ. It's that it's, there's something about joining together in this pursuit. And going through it, and so as we look around and as we are faced with challenging thoughts, it's, it's going deeper in our own life and what's God trying to do. As we're followers of Jesus, if our theology doesn't change as we're following his, we're supposed to be growing as his spirit is moving in us, I've got to wonder if we're paying attention, if we're listening, if we're really opening our hearts, or do we think we had the gospel at one point and we're just running with what we had? And I don't know what it is for you. Oh, it's so good to see you. I don't know what um, I don't know what mindset that might be. And it might not even be culturally. It might even be about God. We're reading a book right now as a community, The Great Divorce. It's by C.S. Lewis, Clive Staples Lewis. I don't know why he goes by C.S. Clive is such an amazing name. Um, <laughs> it's a fictional tale about afterlife. And in this tale as we're reading, and we'll have a, hang, a hangout you'll see coming up to discuss it. It's a quick read if you still want to join us. Nonchalant plug for the book. Um, Clive starts to say our perspective of what we thought heaven would look like, or the afterlife would look like, could possibly hold us back. It's holding these people back because I thought it was going to be different. I, I was told it was going to look like this, and there's this, this stubbornness or frustration that keeps them from entering into what God has for them. Because they thought it was supposed to look this way. There's this hardness in their beliefs and what they thought things were going to look like. Not this openness. Not this, I love God with open hands. It's this closed fist. I love God if he looks exactly like I was told he looked. And so it could be God. It could be the way we view each other, our community. People who are strangers to us. People that we might even feel are the enemy. How does God's love open us up to something different? I used to think this, and this is, this is a sentence I want us all to ponder as we're talking today. I used to think this, blank, and fill in the blank there, but now I'm starting to think this. God has opened me up to something new. I used to be stubborn. I used to think it was this, uh, but now there's more to this. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 19 says, Because of all that God has done, we, are not, we now have a new perspective. 
Isn't this what we're talking about? Something fresh, a perspective. We used to show regard for people based on worldly standards and interests, but no longer. We used to think of the anointed the same way, but no longer. Therefore, if anyone is united with the anointed one, that person is a new creation. The old life is gone, and see, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from our creator God. This sentence is really important here that this is a gift to each one of us, this new perspective. It's not you're smarter than someone else or your intellect has brought you to this grander perspective and they're just a moron. It's following Jesus as he has given us this gift, this extra perspective, this enlightenment into something more. And he's given us the same mission, this ministry of reconciliation. He charges us to proclaim the message that heals and restores broken relationships with God and each other. And so how have our perspectives been enlightened that we are following him on this mission that heals and restores broken relationships with others and with God? What perspective are we holding on to so tightly that it may be hindering the way that we can restore broken relationships with each other and with God. Well, Luke, you just don't know how they hurt me or how dumb they are. I just can't handle that. Um, I, there's days I want to get on board with the Facebook. If, if you vote this way or you believe this way or you're dumb enough to not zipper merge when we're supposed to zipper merge and you're just going in both lanes to keep everyone else from going around you, then unfriend me right now from Facebook. Like, I just have no patience or tolerance for you in my life whatsoever. I know Georgie and I are no longer friends on Facebook because I prefer the zipper, and he is no, a... I, just, I don't do that either. I just want to Oh, well. <laughs> we see in scriptures that growth is shown as like a seed. We get this, this natural, um, like, vegetative like example of a seed growing into a tree or fruit or different things like this. But this growth takes time and it takes effort and there's something going on. Um, it's, um, it's like a child growing up, it even shows us at times. But each metaphor requires active participation. It's not this seed that's planted and nothing happens. No, it's got to be cultivated. It's got to be watered. It's got to be re-looked at. Is everything healthy? Is it growing? Is something happening? As we follow Jesus perspectives are the same way. This seed doesn't just appear and all of a sudden it's got fruit. It's something that we tended to. We shaded when it was too Sunday. We, we made sure it was watered. If it was getting too much water, we, we protected it. And while effort has nothing to do with salvation, we are a grace church. That's why we took communion at the beginning. It's all Jesus. It's not our effort that makes us right with God, that invites us to an eternity with him. Yet following Jesus and growing in him, he's given us free will. And he invites us along, but we need to actively participate. We need to put one foot in front of the other one and follow. Are we followers of Jesus or are we being dragged behind Jesus? Um, I think a lot of us would love the jet ski approach where we just get <laughs> dragged along and Jesus just changes everything. But he's kinder than that. And he requires our participation and he invites us in. And we just don't wait for it to happen. Eight times, at least in the New Testament, we see this statement to make every effort in our growth to becoming more like Jesus. It's re-examining. It's growing. It's learning. It's being around each other. Um, Paul, in this Ephesians that we read, he gives so many examples of 
of becoming more like, like Jesus. It's this choice to let go of old ways of thinking. This thing, I'm, I'm letting go of this, or even just the choice of being like, I'm, I'm open, make me soft. Don't have me be hard on any perspective. Help me to see things through your eyes. Help me to have the right friends or the right church community that, that can challenge in a loving way the way I think about things and to look at it from different perspectives so I can grow and I can be more like you. Uh, Romans 12.2 talks about this being transformed by the renewing of our mind. It's this thinking about what we talked about Sunday, thinking about these books we're reading as a community, this uh, scriptures that we might bring up, thoughts that someone gives in discussion, chewing on it, thinking about it. Is there something more there? If, you insta- if someone says something at church in discussion and instantly you're like, oh, that's just wrong. It might be, but it just might be completely contrary to what you believe. And is there something there? That, is there a reason it, it was such a knee-jerk, I don't like what they're saying. Do you need to chew on what they're saying? Is there truth there? Why are you so, we're so stubborn to it and so instantly thinking something different? This word transformed is the Greek word that we get metamorphosis like a butterfly. It's this transforming, it's this going in and being turned to something completely different, we see through this word that there is this new life in Jesus. That it is, I, I am the same, but my mind is completely different. I'm not just Luke who's only interested in me, but I've now opened my heart to God help me, all of you. And I'm just kidding, God help me. But my neighbors, my coworkers, uh, and even people who have wronged me, like it's just changing my life. And so we're changed from the inside out. We're made more beautiful. We're set free. Um, but it's, it's this willing following that we're doing here. So let's get challenged a little bit by Jesus this morning. Galatians 3.28 says, It makes no difference whether you're Jew or Greek, slave or free, man or woman, because in Jesus the anointed, the liberating king, you are all one. He starts to pull are thinking in different directions. It's not male or female. There's not one that's better than the rest of us. It's not Jew or Greek. It's not uh, even the way people are, um, the words that you're using for the divine. He sees each and every person as his child, and he wants to invite us into this situation. We see the disciples following Jesus, and he comes upon this Samaritan woman who is single and by herself at the well, and Jesus approaches her, and they're freaking out. Cultural norms. Are, there's bells going off. You're not supposed to be with a woman alone at a well. Who knows what could happen? Her husband might get mad, whatever. Uh, she's also a discriminated religion. Like, she doesn't believe the same. We don't associate with these people. They're dirty. They're wrong. And Jesus is just smashing all these things. And not alone for his disciples, but even this woman. Who are you to talk to me? You say I worship on the wrong mountain. And then he asks her for water. And he tells her, if you drink from what I'm offering, you'll never be thirsty again. And he's not talking about that, obviously, there's some river of supernatural water that will just trickle into your mouth at all times. There's a perspective change. There's a heart transformation. There is something that settles on the inside of us, that longing for things aren't quite right. We start to see that man in Jesus, they just start to line up. And I'm feeling the quench of that thirst for something different. Hebrews 13, 12 says, don't forget to extend our hospitality to all, even to strangers. Sojourners and foreigners are talked about all through the scriptures. Romans 14 says, it's high time that you welcome all people, weak 
in faith without debating or disputing their opinions. That one is bold. People weak in faith, people that are completely different to us, maybe trapped by the law or some freaky, condemning, horrible religion, and it says to not try to argue them into following Jesus, but to love them. Not to try to discriminate against their positions, but to show something different through our actions. Romans 15 says, accept one another the same way the anointed has accepted you so that God will get the praise and the due in. This acceptance just mirrors back and reflects God all the time. It's powerful. Our community is built on acceptance. We want anyone to come in, no matter what kind of spiritual background you had, and to feel the love of God and the acceptance not just from God, but through our actions, through our hugs, through our inquiries when it comes to discussion or prayer circle or wherever we're doing. If you look at our statement of beliefs as the Bloom community, we've got three kind of statements. In the essential beliefs, we have unity. We are a community focused on the life of Jesus. He is our main inspiration. This is where we get it. And we find our unity in coming together to be inspired by Jesus. But in non-essential beliefs, and pretty much anything outside of Jesus himself, is non-essential, we've got liberty. We can welcome the ideas and the perspectives that, are, that everyone else in the community brings or someone who's even an outsider to faith, their perspective on it, how they've thought about this. But in all our beliefs, we show charity. We don't condemn. We're not there to just hunt down someone who we think is wrong. We want to know them to know that they're accepted and they're loved. Just, they're here to have fun. Um... In one sense, I mean, this is Dedication Sunday again. We're doing this for the next generation. In our discussions, there's so much perspective that comes from what we've been taught, what we've learned, what we've learned the hard way. By having something drilled into us, we've realized are wrong. We're trying to extend a different example to our kids. One that starts on a plane of God's unending love and acceptance. An openness to questions, an openness to having more and more of God revealed, our perspectives grown year by year. These are the kids that will take what we're doing, the beauty that we have in this community, and it will be four times anything we thought this community will be with what they'll be able to do as followers of Jesus. There's something about community, though, that I think the lessons of this last week have learned. Um... There's something about having honest feedback from people and taking that and not just getting mad and being like, okay, what, what can I learn here? Is there wisdom in a multitude of counselors and friends and wise people among us that we can see our, the air of our ways and learn and grow? Can we give each other permission to have hard conversations with us in love and to be like, tell me more about why you're feeling that way? Uh, Hogan, tell me why you're so ticked or pissed or angry or hateful towards Doug. What did he do to you? What did he say? What's going on? Um, and it might not be Doug. It might be his coworker. It might be he's ticked at his mom. It might be his birth dad that we've talked so much about. Where, where do we, where can we learn and grow together? Corinthians tells us we're demolishing arguments and ideas every high and mighty philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of the one true God. We are taking prisoners of every thought, of every emotion, and we're subduing them into obedience of the anointed one. If our theology doesn't shift, doesn't open, doesn't grow, as we follow Jesus, 
Are we paying attention? If our theology doesn't grow, doesn't become more open, doesn't become more loving, if God isn't bigger every time we look at him, if he becomes smaller and more rigid, are we listening to those around us? Have we created a space for honesty and true conversation? Or is it just, are we just playing a game here? Are we just here for the amazing brownies and barbecue pulled meat? Um, and it's okay for those of us who came for just that. Kelly really likes barbecued yeah. meat. And <laughs> yeah. I used to think this, but now I'm starting to believe this. My hands are open. My heart is soft. I want a new perspective. I want my cultural norms, my religious norms, my family norms to be challenged, to be grown, to be expanded. And I want to invite you to be a part of that with me. Let's pray and let's enter into discussion together today. Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity we have to challenge each other, to be honest and open in a safe space where each of us know that we're loved and we're appreciated and that no opinion or perspective is wrong, but it lends to the growth of each and every one of us. We just ask that we have an amazing discussion today, that hearts would be softened, that each of us would walk away feeling closer to you, but also challenged to grow more and to think bigger of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.